We're back with another edition of Browns Instant Insights, WFNY Podcast Edition. And Joe, we are now six and three on the season. Six, six and three, three in the WFNY Podcast Edition of the Instant Insights. So I don't know if it's the Browns. I don't know if it's us, but I think the combination is winning football. And that's what we want in Cleveland, right? That's all we want, man. Six and three. Today's game was a little bit ugly, but hey, what is a win? You get to the sixth win, and uh, we're six and three going into uh, next week. I think you were being a little bit nice when you said a little bit ugly. I'd, yeah. I'd put that as pure <laughs> ugliness. <laughs> Old school football, right? <laughs> Old school football. Uh, yeah, we'll take it as that. Yeah, but the Browns just beat the um, Texans 10 to 7 and. A crazy weather day. I mean, a lightning delay. When was the last time a lightning delay for an NFL game, let alone a Cleveland Browns football right. game? Right. Yeah. Usually it's like in Miami, they get it occasionally. But I think the last Browns one was that I can remember was like a preseason game um, where I think that game ended early. Um, but yeah, that was super odd. And it just came right when the game started, too. So. So, speaking of preseason, the Browns used to be fighting for preseason championships. Now right. it's six and three. They're fighting for a playoff spot. I know. That, that is crazy. I, I, I there's no other way to put it. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I usually have been watching at this point in the season, scoreboard watching for the draft, but now I'm scoreboard watching for the playoffs. So, it's a, it's a great, great spot we're in. Um, it's uh, so today we're watching uh, Dolphins and the Raiders uh, playing. Hopefully they lose, but yeah, it's uh, it's great to be talking playoffs rather than draft uh, in week nine, uh, what ten now. Yeah, I, I told that with my podcast with Jake Burns earlier this week. I was like, or earlier, uh, like a couple days ago, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird to scoreboard watch and like want teams to lose. Usually at this point in the season, <laughs> you're scoreboard watching and be like, no, you have to win. The Browns yeah. have to lose and you guys have to win, please. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great position we're in, man. It's, it's weird. I don't know. There's no other way to put it. It's just weird. Yeah. 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 All right. But with this game today, it was bound to be ugly. We knew it was going to be ugly. Um, I mean, Vegas, the over-under went from 55. It opened at 55, and it ended at 40. So it was bound to be a low-scoring game given the weather. And, I mean, that's what it turned into. But with that, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you couldn't have asked for a better two-headed monster in the backfield. It didn't matter what Baker Mayfield did. With Chubb and Hunt, it was domination, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like a carbon copy of, of of two weeks ago, but the difference was two things. was We had Nick Chubb and my, uh, Wyatt Teller back, so the run game was the leading force of the offense, and then the defense actually stepped up and made stops on third and fourth down, uh, which was huge for them. But, yeah, the, it's great to have Nick Chubb back. Just having, having Hunt as the number two, as like the second punch, is just – Miles way better. Um, they can they can stay fresh throughout the game, and, and it showed late in the fourth quarter where, in that last drive, where they can just put the game away uh, just by running the ball, and um, it, it showed that the running game was back to the form that it was on uh, the first what five games um, that we saw with Chubb and uh, Hunt leading the way. It was great to see. I mean, Houston's defense 
obviously isn't that good. But when you have a one-two punch like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield, two guys that can just stay fresh all game. So in the fourth quarter, when the defense is worn down and you still have two dominant running backs who are both fresh, I mean, that's all you have to do. Honestly, the weather today stunk. If you're at the game, I'm sure it was miserable. But that's the type of game and weather that the Browns probably love. It slows down the opposing offense, and it helps the the run game on offense. It's like the perfect combination when you have a struggling defense and a passing game without OBJ, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they want to they want to have games where their run game is the focal point and and the thing that can lead their offense. And today was the perfect day for that. Um, the the Browns could just run all over the field, uh, especially late in the game. You could tell uh, for like the first half, it wasn't going as well. But um, as the game wore on, I think uh, Houston got tired and the Browns just kept pounding the rock. And um, it was good news for them. And uh, they just played so well in the, in the late in the fourth quarter when they needed it. For sure. I mean, even if Baker, I mean, Baker Mayfield was avid. She was like, oh, yeah, he was 12 of 20, 132 yards. But the thing there, he didn't really make any mistake, well, glaring mistakes. He had a couple overthrows, but he didn't make, he didn't throw an interception. He just let the offense do their job and let their running game dominate. And that's all he had to do. Like yeah. we said, we discussed earlier in the season. At some points, Baker Mayfield will have to win a game for the Browns, which he did one or two times already. But in a game like today and in weather like today, just don't make mistakes and just let Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just dominate. Yeah, yeah, and that was the difference because he didn't make any mistakes. He didn't put uh, Houston in uh, in good position, field position. So that was great to see. Um, and it showed it wasn't just Baker struggling the throw. Uh, Deshaun Watson had what 163 yards total passing, which is incredibly low for a quarterback of his uh, status. So yeah, it was it was just a rough time for passing the ball, and that's why. Um, making it making smart decisions which he did um he didn't really risk any bad passes um uh he missed a couple throws but obviously um making no mistakes and letting the run game take over was uh was key for the the browns to win this game today on the topic of deshaun watson i'd like to pour one out for him because bill bill o'brien traded away deandre hopkins one of the best receivers in the nfl and figured, oh, we'll just replace DeAndre Hopkins with Randall Cobb and Brandon, Brandon Cooks. Cooks. And Will yeah. Fuller. I guess Will Fuller is good, but he's not a number one receiver. No, there's no replacing Hopkins. Hopkins is a top five receiver, top three maybe. Um, and, yeah, you're not replacing him. And it, it was it was a bad trade at the at that time, and it's even worse as you as the season's gone on. He he just that's that was his safety blanket throwing it to him, and he doesn't have one now. And it's the Browns have made some bad trades and have had some bad front offices, and Bill O'Brien would be right up there with him. Oh, yeah, he his tenure with the Texans was just terrible. They he left that team in just ruins with with a quarterback and like. Nothing else to improve. They have no draft picks hardly in the next couple drafts, and it's going to be hard to build around around their franchise quarterback, which I feel bad for Deshaun. Feel bad for Deshaun. But, hey, at least it's not the Browns we're talking about, right? I mean, 
it is so Browns to do something like that. I so that. Browns. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we have a franchise quarterback, and let's trade away a number one receiver and one of the best receivers in the NFL just to make things tougher for our franchise quarterback. Right. Yeah. It's it's wild to see some other organization actually have that problem. Awesome. But all right. So the Browns defense actually looked decent today. I mean, it was it was a sight to see. It was a sight for sore eyes. I'm not used to right. watching a defense that only gives up seven points in a game. Yeah. Um, yeah, they stepped up. They stepped up when they needed to. Um the they didn't give up any big plays or anything like that. Um, and they kept they kept Deshaun under under wraps for most of the game. Um, he had he didn't have any of those big plays where he's prone to have each game. Um, he had one late in the fourth quarter, um, which they scored on that drive. But overall, he he was uh, he was held. He wasn't able to run uh, run scramble around or anything. Make plays with his legs. So it was a it was a great uh, great um, for this defense. It was a great performance. Um, I didn't think. They could shut. They could uh, be able to do this, but uh, it was great to see. And the, they didn't. Um, the difference between the last well, two weeks ago and this week was they were able to get off the field and finish drives rather than um, giving up third downs and fourth downs. So great to see that they could do that, and uh, hopefully they can get even more healthy with Greedy and uh, Jacobs coming back um, in a couple weeks, and they can play even better. I don't, I don't know if I can count on Greedy coming back. What, five weeks ago they said, oh, it'll just be a couple weeks. Oh, it'll just I be know. next week. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it'll be awesome if he does come back. The Browns badly need him in the secondary. I mean, they need a, an average player in the secondary, and I think Greedy can be a solid cornerback next to Denzel Ward. But I don't know. I don't want to count on it just yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said a couple weeks, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the Houston, they're two and seven now. You can say, oh, the Browns be another bad team. But like we said a few weeks ago, the Browns used to be one of those bad teams. Yeah. It used to be, oh, you only beat the Browns. That doesn't really count as a win. In the NFL, a win's a win. Right. It doesn't say yeah. the Browns are 6-3 and three and beat two or three bad teams. It says the Browns are 6-3. and three. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, a win is a win. And you take it in the NFL, you take a win any way it comes. Um, and, and these games last uh, how many years? We'd be we'd be losing it. Um, we wouldn't be able to beat the bad teams. Um, so it's great to it's a huge uh, huge improvement, and you got to just take care of business of what you're supposed to take care of business of, and um, and keep improving, and and then take your chances versus the better teams. Um, but yeah, the six and three, you can't you can't complain about that. For sure, I mean. Beating the bad teams is progress, like you said. They're still not on the level of the Steelers and Ravens. They've proven that this season, at least when both teams are fully healthy. Well, I I guess the Browns aren't fully healthy, but for the most part. Mm. But beating the bad teams is just progress. Even if you go 8-8 and and all eight of your wins are against bad teams, it's still progress from years Mm -hmm. past when the Browns just couldn't win football games, let alone beat bad teams. So I'm all for it. Yep. But yeah, so six and three, um, and I noticed they're four and one at home in a season where home field advantage doesn't really mean that much because if there are fans in the stands, it's like a fifth of the capacity. Being four and one at home is quite impressive. 
It is. Yeah. It's uh, taking care of home home uh, field advantage. And obviously, it's the advantage is not as big. But it, today it was because that weather was terrible again. Um, so the Browns might actually have a home field advantage going forward with the weather getting worse and worse. And that, and that as we talked about earlier, that lends to our, our run game our, and our way of winning games. So we might have a bigger uh, home field advantage than other teams. Um, so it's great to see them taking care of business so far. I think the two biggest things in bad weather is controlling the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball and the running game. And I think the three strongest suits for the Browns are their running game, offensive line, defensive line. So, like I said, if you're going to the game, you don't want it to be bad weather. But as a Browns fan watching on TV, you love bad weather games. Yeah, yeah. It just it, it, it uh, allows the defense to not be shredded through the air, uh, pass, pass uh, game, and it, and it lets the Browns just run the ball throughout the game, pound the rock and get that uh, opposing defense tired. So it's it's uh it's trending to be a, a good fit um, with this weather and uh, and this team's buildup. For sure. Yeah, looking at their running game, they had the, Nick Chubb returning from his injury. I forget was he out three weeks, four weeks, whatever it was. Uh, um, four weeks, I think. Four weeks plus the bye week. Yeah. So would it be that? Okay. Yeah. So he was out basically five weeks. Kareem Hunt still healthy. They split the carries evenly, 19 and 19. Combined, they had 230 rushing yards. I mean, yeah, you can't ask for anything more than that. No. Yeah. And I think it was split up because I think Chubb wasn't – he was a little rusty, and he, and he said that early on in the game that he was rusty trying to get all the rust off after not playing, uh, what, five weeks uh, total. Um, so it was good to see that they could split the carries, and then he seemed to really turn it on late in the third and, and the, definitely the fourth quarter. So um, I, I, I think that, uh, his carries will increase, obviously, over the time, and he'll probably get more uh, carries. But I, I give credit to Stefanski. He, he, he knew the hot hand was Hunt, especially early on, and he kept kept him on the field, even though you would think, oh, we got to – Got to keep Chubb on the field. But, yeah, it was great to see that he was making uh, mid-game adjustments and um, definitely uh, giving the ball to their hot hand. Um, and I think, once again, I don't know how many times we've said it this week, this year, he, he outcoached the opposing team. Uh, Romeo Cornell had one of the worst games I've ever seen <laughs> in decision-making. And uh, Romeo Cornell. Oh my god! <laughs> I forgot about him. Yeah, and holy it, cow! I totally forgot he was a head coach or the interim head coach in Houston. But go on. Yeah, yeah. And Stefanski, he didn't make any bit. His play calling's got a little dry and a little, little uh, too bland and and uh, vanilla. But um, he he didn't make any big crazy decisions, and he and he relied on on the team's strengths. Uh, which is the run game, and then um, he never, he didn't, he he knew the weather was bad, so he didn't, he didn't tempt it, and and the other team did. He, he they, I don't know what Romeo Cornell was doing, but he kicking like a forty-eight yarder in in the wind it was just one of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen, and um, wasting a timeout on a fourth and four at midfield where the Browns were definitely not going to go for it. Um, it, it just showed that coaching matters, and uh, the coaching mattered today. And 
uh, Stefanski won that matchup. I just looked it up. Romeo Cornell is 73 years old. I don't care if he's an interim coach. I don't care if he's a head. He should not be a head coach. He might be a defensive coordinator. coordinator. Okay. <laughs> he Holy might be. Cow. He might be their coach next year, according to some reports. Which hey. is just hey, I know this is off topic, and I know this is going to make Bodie happy, but I'm going to bring up baseball. If Tony LaRosa, if Tony Larusa can manage a team in the MLB, Romeo <laughs> Cornell can be a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if either of them can, but yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but you know what? I hope the Chicago Bears just hire him. Do it. Have both the oldest coaches in the leagues be be in Chicago. It would be awesome. <laughs> that would be funny. All right, but yeah, but I'm with that Browns. The Browns used to be that bad team. Um, the Browns used to always get out coached. Always. It was like always. It wasn't even a question. It was like, oh, did the Browns get out coached today? Yep. Right. I'm sure there was a Twitter account. It probably was like, did the Browns get out coached today? And all all the answers would just be yes. It's just yeah, they had to overcome coaching every single time. It was and it's great to see that the coach is actually helping the team. Um, so that's a that's a huge positive going forward. It it is just so refreshing to see a Browns team out coaching. Another team. I don't care if it's seventy-three-year-old Romeo Cornell. I don't care if it's Bill Belichick. It's awesome to see. Yeah, it's awesome to see. Uh, it's it shows that I think the Browns cross my fingers <laughs> that uh, they made the right choice this year, uh, this season, and um, they have their coach. Please go knock on wood right now, Joe. Please. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, I mean the Browns are six and three. They beat a bad Texans team, but hey, like we said, right. a W is a W. Mm-hmm. Six and three, and and going into two winnable games, playing Eagles and Jags next two weeks. So eight and three is not not a hard uh, hard thought to think of right now. And eight and three, I can even tell you the last time the Browns had eight wins in a season, let alone eight and three in a season. <laughs> were they? I think they were eight and three two years ago, weren't they? When Baker, or were they? I, I, that I don't know. I'd have yeah. to look it up. I, I, I honestly have no idea. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just. I hope. I know you said you're going to the game next weekend, but I hope that every game from here on out is weather <laughs> like it was today. <laughs> I know it would help, right? <laughs> Especially with Wentz. Throwing the uh, throwing passes next week, uh, he could uh, his if they try to throw it in that wind, uh, we could see multiple interceptions. <laughs> Wentz is about to make the Browns' defense look like the freaking <laughs> Chicago Bears of old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, today's game you could classify it as boring. It was boring. It was old school football. But the Browns dominated. That's all you had to do. Right. Oh, speaking of, it was only a three-point win. So I poured one out earlier for Bill O'Brien. Let's <laughs> pour one out for all of the Nick Chubb fancy football owners and all of the people that had the Browns minus four and a half, which is what the spread closed on in Vegas. Because <laughs> they lost that game, or they lost their bet because Nick Chubb, instead of scoring a touchdown with a minute left, ran out of bounds <laughs> at the one-yard line. 
Yeah, you could you could tell on Twitter who was the uh, who were better who were betting in on that game and who had him in fantasy league. It was a stark stark contrast between uh, all the all the just the analysts that knew that was the smart play. Oh yeah, it was absolutely the smart play unless you had him in fantasy or unless you had the Browns <laughs> minus four and a half. Then it was the dumbest play of the game. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. that that play will be on uh, bad beats on Sports Center tonight. Yeah. Scott Van Pelt will be talking about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, right when I saw the half an hour, I was like, oh, my gosh, there's going to be so many angry, fancy football owners and gamblers. <laughs> so many. And I, they were in my timeline. <laughs> that Luckily, I don't have Nick Chubb in any of my leagues, and I did not put money on the Browns today, so I'm free on that one. But, yeah, <laughs> if I had Nick Chubb today and I lose by, like, Less than six. <laughs> I know he yeah. he even acknowledged it after the game. He said, "Hey, I feel bad for those guys, but we got the W, and that's all that matters." And he's right. He doesn't care yeah. about face football. Let's be honest; they talk about it sometimes, but he doesn't care. No, he doesn't. None of the players care about what their fantasy thinks. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, Browns are six and three, just like we do every week. The schedule game. Oh yeah. Like I said when we first started this, it's usually like, oh, hey, the Browns are going to go 13 and 3 this season, and they end up going like 2 and 14. But the optimism is actually real this time. Like you feel it. You think the Browns, it's not just like, a, oh, the Browns are going to do this. It's like the Browns can do this. All right. Let's, let's, put, let's put on our, our, our glasses here and just be happy, half, uh, glass half full. If we win our next two games, okay, we're eight and three, um, and then we have knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood. That leaves two two games to get to ten wins, and we have the Giants and the Jets on our schedule still. So, Browns fans, this ten ten wins is not out of, is not is not a the hardest. Uh, thing to get to um obviously they got to take care of business like they did today um but hey it's there for the taking um so keep the hope up everybody uh hope for the the dolphins the raiders lose today to help uh, the browns uh, playoff hopes but yeah it's fun to watch being the playoff chase uh in nfl football rather than baseball or nba or anything like that in cleveland and we are not talking about the NBA today, or yes, <laughs> we are not doing it. We are not. Nope, that will not be brought up in this podcast. We NBA cannot draft talk coming, Cavs coming this week. No, I'm talking about a specific Cavs player, but we will not. We oh, we will yeah. not say names. Yeah, let's not. Let's let's. Not All right, talk about but that. back to the Dolphins. Shout out to former waiting for next year writer Jeff Namana. I hope the Dolphins go winless the the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, we but need, seriously, we need them to lose. the uh, schedule game, Eagles, very winnable. At Jaguars, if the Browns are a playoff team, I'd say that's a must win. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Jags are bad. At Tennessee, mm-hmm. Titans, they're like the Browns. We're like, they're just such a roller coaster. Like, Derrick Henry, really good. Their defense, eh. Even yeah. with Jadamian Clowney, their defense is very mediocre. Yeah, they're they're a roller coaster. <laughs> That's a great, great, uh, great way to uh, describe them. They one week they look like the one of the top three teams in the AFC, and then the next week they look like they 
are a struggling team that are just battling for the playoffs. So it's it'll be uh, it'll be looking forward to there. Um, it'll be a fun one to watch. But we got two games ahead of that, and we got to take care of business of that first. All right, we're not the Browns team. We can look ahead, Joe. Come on. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after the Titans, we have the Ravens. The only my only hope for the Ravens game is that. Wait, is that a Monday night game? Yeah, yeah that, I thought it was a Thursday night game. Oh, I thought it was a. Jeez, yeah. I thought it was gonna be a short week. Oh man. Yeah. All right, we won't talk about the that Raiders game then. A Monday <laughs> night game, eight days rest. Whew. All right, then you had the Giants and Jets, and this would make for a good discussion if the Giants and Jets combined, would they be a playoff team? Yes or no? In the NFC East. <laughs> oh, oh, I guess you could pick divisions too. <laughs> yeah, the NFC East that, is like the junior varsity. That, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. I think I could get a group of college kids and they could win the freaking AFC East at this point. Because or because NFC East, I mean. The Giants are right in the they're running for it, even without the Jets' help. <laughs> but in a regular division, I think the Giants, like the Giants are average. Granted, they don't have yeah. Saquon. That's a huge loss. But the Jets. The Jets are like, terrible. They're, they're bad. One of the, they're one of the worst teams I've seen in a while. And I've watched some Browns teams that are some bad teams. They might be worse than uh, the worst Browns team. Whoa, whoa, which whoa, is saying, whoa. Which is whoa. saying something. <laughs> whoa. I mean, I guess if you do have Joe Flacco starting at quarterback and this time of year, that's you could compete with the bad Browns teams. Right. I just want Browns fans go go home go if you're at home look at look, go through that roster and try to try to see if you know at least five of those players. I, and then I, don't think you can. I guarantee you, when looking at the roster, you'll have the Adam Gase meme face where you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, you'll you'll be able to make it as you're looking through that roster. Oh yeah, <laughs> there, that's. One of the worst was- roster, especially on defense. Like I, I know like two names, and that's pretty bad for me. Wait, speaking of looking at their roster, I'm trying to think. They have Joe Flacco. Do they have Frank Gore? Uh, or who yeah. has Frank Gore? Oh man, talk about old people like Romeo Cornell. Frank Gore's like got to be mid fifties. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. He's only like forty something. But the fact that he's like getting big time carries shows yeah. you how bad the Jets are. Yeah, Frank or yeah, Frank Gore and Flack Frank who would think Flacco and Frank Gore are backfield? <laughs> that's not great. As I said, that's the Adam Gase meme face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they let their best receiver go last year. Uh and he's in Carolina now. Um so yeah, it's the Browns should roll them. <laughs> As we're pouring one out, that seems to be a common theme this that's pouring out for Sam Darnold. Talk about having no weapons. Even if he was a good quarterback, he has nothing there. Nothing. And he has Adam yeah. Gase calling the plays. Like, that is just like. That's the worst combination ever. <laughs> it literally is. I think if you yeah. can come up with the worst combination in the NFL, it would be Adam Gase calling plays and that wide receiver group. Right. He's getting he's getting Tim Couch to like an even greater, a greater uh, degree. 
it's it's just hard to watch. I feel so bad for him. I, I feel like he could be one of the guys that goes on another team and actually plays solidly. Um, but, yeah, he is a broken man right now with what they got on that team. It's gotten so bad in New York that people are saying that literally if the Jets had the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, should, Clemson quarterback, Trevor <laughs> Lawrence, should not declare for the NFL draft. That's how bad it is. Yeah, it is. It's it's going to be a long road uh, for them to get back in the uh, good graces of the AFC. Let's get a live look at Adam Gase when Trevor Lawrence announces that he's going back to Clemson for a senior. No, but seriously, this. That's even if he makes it through the season. <laughs> True. As a as the Jets front office, they're smart for having Adam Gase be the head coach because it's like. You can tank without it, tanking. No, right. It, they they had no effort to tank. It's just <laughs> they just put him in and just let it go. They can they can get all their losses under his uh, tutelage. That yeah. How do we get on this topic? Holy cow! No, but seriously. Know. All right. If the Browns are a playoff team, Jaguars, Giants, Jets, all must wins. Yeah. Yeah, and then you yep. can just win one or two. Oh, and then we have one more in the schedule game: Steelers Week Seventeen. It always seemed like the Browns play the Steelers Week Seventeen. Every yeah, every year, and usually it's for like they need them. They need to lose to them to get a better draft position. I remember what two years ago, or three years now, where they had to lose to get the number one pick, and they they tried really hard to lose too, and they did. And they got uh, Miles Garrett for it, so. Thank you for that, um, but yeah, this year it might be they might be in a position where um, Pittsburgh is sitting their players because they don't they they are winning again uh, today and hopefully they continue uh, to do that and they can just sit there and sit all their players and the Browns can get a uh, a very nice help from them. Yeah, I know. I just, I discussed this with Jake last Friday too. Um... You don't like as an Ohio State fan. The more Michigan loses, the happier I am. But as a Browns fan, I know it's a huge rivalry. But the more Steelers, the more the Steelers win, the better it is for the Browns. I mean, let's be honest. The Steelers basically already had the division locked up. Well, not that they have a top two spot in the division locked up. It's to be yeah. really tough for the Browns to catch up to them. So if the Steelers keep winning, they're right now eight and They're about to be nine. They're up twenty nine seven. They're about to be nine and If they keep winning, they're they're gonna play all, all their second and third trainers week seventeen, which makes them so yeah. easy for the Browns. Oh yeah, yeah, and especially if they there's only one bye this year, so hopefully they have that uh, matched up too, and they can definitely sit their players for two weeks there. Um, but yeah, it, the schedule. We've talked about it. The schedule could really help the Browns this year. A lot of times, how many years have we seen that the schedule is just like it's a killer for them? But yeah, this the schedule is uh, playing right into their hands, and and as we said uh, earlier, we got to take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, if they beat those three teams that they should beat, and then somehow split the te- the Titans and Ravens, and then play a Steelers team that is sitting a lot of their stars. They're not even looking for a playoff spot. They're looking for like, where can we be seated? Who can we play? You know what I mean? It's one of those type of right. things, which is when right. was the last time the Browns could do that going into week 17? 
<laughs> I can't remember that. <laughs> yeah, it used to be like, well, if we lose, where can like what are the tiebreakers for the number one pick? What are the tiebreakers for the number two pick? Yeah, now we have the tiebreakers of okay, what position of our seating are we? <laughs> so it's yeah, it's it's fun. We're finally in a playoff uh, chase. And you can say all you want. Well, the Browns aren't on the same level as the Chiefs or the Ravens or the Steelers. Just get to the playoffs. Right. That's all. That's it. Get to the playoffs. Right. Yeah. We we talked about it earlier in the season. It, they quit moving the goalposts. <laughs> like getting into the playoffs is a huge, huge uh, accomplishment. And I don't understand. Yeah, we're not going to be the Chiefs in in a year. We're not going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers in a year. We still have a lot to improve on, but we're 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 six and three, and we're and we're fighting for playoffs. There's nothing better than that. Yeah, and not only that, but it also just getting that winning mentality in the locker room. Even if right. you get free agents from other teams that are winning, it's it's a huge difference it's, than yeah. having a winning mentality in the Cleveland Browns locker room and having right. players want to come here. Have players yeah. want to come play for Miles Garrett? Have players want to come play for Kevin Stefanski? It's just getting the playoffs is just so huge. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it, people. It, it's it's an underrated thing having playoff experience, having a winning culture. That's why the Steelers continue to have a winning team every year. They have a culture. Like last year, they had no business being that good, but their culture got them that that many wins they had duck hodges and i don't even remember the other guy's name um oh mason, mason rudolph miles yeah. garrett remembers it yeah and and they they won way too many games that they should have so it's winning cultures matter coaching matters and and the organization matters so getting to the playoffs would be a huge step for the browns plus get to the playoffs and what if you have a bad weather game like today what if you have a game where it's a bunch of snow? What if you go have a game, say, at Buffalo, where there's a bunch of snow, and it right. all comes down to the running game, and they're leaning on two running backs that aren't that great, and you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Right, yeah. They're, Any- like Buffalo's yeah. best running back is Josh Allen, their quarterback. So it's just <laughs> you, yeah. honestly, you want to make the playoffs and hope for bad weather first week yeah. of the playoffs. Which is not hard to hope for because it's late in the year like that. Yeah, just as as you, as uh, baseball, it's a it's a word uh, saying in baseball. Just get in and things can happen. Hey, that's what you can do in NFL too. Just get in and make. Let's see how things happen. Shout out to Michael Bodie. Baseball has been brought up twice. Twice for the Browns incidents. That's WFMY podcast. That's for you, for Mike. You. <laughs> all right Definitely. yeah so the browns are six and three they're looking ahead to the eagles next week mm-hmm. um at home joe's going to the game so for his sake i hope it's 75 and sunny for browns fans watching on the television i hope it's 20 degrees and snowy <laughs> hey i'm not even, i i don't even care about the cold or the just don't be like a hundred miles per hour wind like it was the last two <laughs> <laughs> it's getting ridiculous on that, but yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's hope for uh, hope for uh, running game weather here. For sure. All right, so yeah, we'll be back with you guys a week from tonight. Hopefully, discussing another win. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so weird. 
we can just talk about the Browns potentially winning in football games. It's awesome. I love right. it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, but hopefully Browns have a great chance to be 7-3 and three next week, which would be awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, Joe and I will be back with you next week for another edition of the WFNY's Instant Insights WFNY Podcast Edition, which is now 6-3 and three on the season. 6-3 and three since we made this podcast. <laughs> Six and three, unbelievable. That's where we are. The for the reason, for the, the reason. reason. Home field advantage? No. WFMY podcast advantage. New coach? No. It's us. <laughs> it is us. No, but seriously. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access.